Welcome to Care More, Be Better, a podcast for people like you who care about the social impact of conscious companies and everyday heroes. Hear inspiring stories from those who put people and planet before profit and personal gain. You'll learn how you can make a difference, vote with your dollars, and get involved today. Here's your host, Karina Belizzi. Hello, fellow do-gooders and friends. I'm your host, Karina Belizzi, an activist and cause marketer who is passionate about social impact and sustainability. The guest I'll introduce you to today is someone I have had the pleasure to get to know during my studies at Santa Clara University as I pursue my MBA. He's even the party who introduced me to Clubhouse, where you can find us to join weekly discussions on social impact and sustainability issues in an open and inclusive forum. As with all our other social platforms, you can find us on Clubhouse with the handle at caremorebebetter. And for Clubhouse and Twitter, due to their 15-character limit, you just have to leave out the final E and better. <laughs> and if you like what we're doing, you can support the show by sharing it with friends and keep it ad-free by donating directly on our site. Just visit caremorebebetter.com. So who is that fateful character I'll introduce you to today? None other than Amit Jamwar. CEO and co-founder of ConnexUp, a platform that ensures that entrepreneurs from anywhere in the world have equal access to the resources they need to succeed. His mission is to level the playing field for entrepreneurs and break down barriers to venture capital. He works with startup founders, ensuring their success, and helping to drive change. Amit, welcome to the show. Hey, Karina. Thanks for having me. Now, as we open this discussion, I'd like to invite you to tell the story of why and how you formed ConnexUp. What led you to decide to pursue this path? I come from consulting, and I also worked at an accelerator in San Francisco. Um, and what we did was that we helped international and immigrant entrepreneurs come to the Silicon Valley ecosystem. In that process, it was, it was my job to do outreach. So I was speaking to founders from all over the world, from all kinds of backgrounds, and they really loved what we had to offer, but they just couldn't afford it. They didn't have the resources to kind of pursue the best possible routes for them and for the businesses. Something just didn't sit right with me there. In a world where there's so many resources and availability to grow, if all those things are present for, for founders, then why are there so many barriers to access? That's what we decided to change. And that's why we started the company. I think I recall from some of our shared business classes that something like 5%, if that, of the pitches that go in front of VCs actually get funded. Is that consistent with what you found? Yeah, that's what I've seen. Usually VCs kind of give fluff as feedback. You know, they say, oh yeah, that sounds great. Just send me a deck. And then they never get to it. Yeah, I think I've seen uh, a couple of people working behind the scenes have said things like, oh, well, you know, we might see 200 decks and really look closely at five of them, which is a small number. I mean, you spend all this time, effort, and energy building a pitch that you hope will mean something and often just aren't given the resources needed to grow the brand. I'd love for our audience to be able to personalize what you do a bit. Is there a particular story of a company that you've been able to fund that you'd be able to share? So I was working with a company from, um, from India. He was uh, using AI to add value to a certain industry. I'm not sure if he wants me disclosing the exact uh, details of his business, but he came from a pretty poor town um, with not a lot of resources or anything like that. He kind of put himself through school. And with this company, he, you know, is just bootstrapping it right now, just with his own money, family and friends. And 
I actually just met him on Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was super interesting. Like I heard his story, I heard everything and it sounded really, you know, really great. But he described to me, he's like, you know, we don't have enough money right now to kind of scale this, to take it to the next level. So I said that, yeah, let's connect offline. Let's speak further. And so we hopped on a Zoom call and we were talking about what we can do to help him. And I realized that I know an investor who's investing in exactly people like him, underrepresented founders who don't have access to capital. And I was able to set up a meeting between the two and they're going from there. He may be able to close his next round, take his company to the next level. So that was really awesome for me too. Now, is there a particular reason that that story stands out to you? Is it just how it came to you or the type of work that they're doing? My family also is from India and we, we don't always have so many um, luxuries or anything like that we, like we do here in the U.S. My grandfathers, they came from, on both sides, they came from small villages and they worked hard to get here, right? For me to even go to school at Santa Clara University. If it wasn't for their hard work early on, I wouldn't have made it. Just the way he was describing his story, it just kind of resonated with me that he's in that process right now. He's working hard for his family, right? It just really hit home. And I wanted to do whatever I could to help him. Coming from the world of working in this kind of VC-dominated world, you could have chosen to go kind of more the traditional route, kind of this almost banking perspective. But it seems like you're taking a step away from that because you really care and you want to see companies that might not otherwise get capital succeed. Can you talk about your decision to do that and ultimately how you intend or how you believe that this will have an impact towards change, particularly in the Silicon Valley? So I think within VC, there's obviously like a lot of people get into it just to make money and that's fine. They're doing their own thing. But for me, I I just thought that there's just so much power in the hands of investors, right? That why not redistribute a little bit of that power to founders who need it, to founders who are actually trying to drive change and make lives a little bit better. I want to do something meaningful with my life and I want to have impact more than just closing a regular round on some big tech company. Actually giving resources to to founders who, you know, like who would do anything just to get to Silicon Valley. I just think that actually having that kind of meaningful impact has inspired me to to just work hard on this and do whatever I can to ensure that, you know, we're leveling the playing field here at ConnectSup and that we just break down all, as many barriers as we can. Yeah. Well, I think you just revealed to me that I mispronounced your company name. <laughs> <laughs> I said ConnectSup, like it's Con Air or something like that. Um, no, you said Connects, like Connect, right? ConnectSup. All right. Now, did I butcher your your last name as well, Amit? <laughs> um, Jamore. I think you got that right. Okay. It was close, you know, somewhat phonetic. Now, there are many accelerator programs and VCs out there. As you spoke about this a little bit, I'm not 100% clear on how it is that your company is different from what other resources might be available and how you are giving resources when you say to the founder. I'd just like to know how it works, how it's different, you know, how it might be similar. So a lot of traditional accelerator programs, they they either charge pretty high tuition fees or they want a significant amount of equity from the founder. We do neither. It's pretty simple to join. It's free, free for anybody to join, to get resources and um, access to, to capital. And if they want more of like a deeper dive and one-on-one consulting, then we have a super low monthly subscription fee. We just felt that that would be easiest for you know our target market. 
In terms of resources, we have a mentorship network. Our mentors come from a variety of different backgrounds, from growth marketing to technical consulting to legal backgrounds. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're trying to address as many different topics as we can at a very low cost. So that's kind of our mission. And we feel like we can do that pretty effectively without charging tens of thousands of dollars or taking 10 to 15% away from their company. If I'm hearing you right, it sounds like you connect these founders to the resources they need and you're not taking equity from them. So is your firm essentially investing in them or is that outside of the services that you offer? We don't directly invest. We kind of recommend them to the right investors that would be a good match for them on on both ends. So we want to make sure they're a good fit for each other. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes sense to me. So if you, for instance, like happen to find a company that was in the natural food space that had developed some new way to make a protein, but they needed investment from outside, you could connect them up with an investor that was passionate about that space, as a for instance. Exactly. Yeah. Is most of your work in the technology space? Early on, it was mostly in tech, but now we've had companies in real estate, in healthcare, all kinds of different industries, but just because we want to keep it as open as we can. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, so we've been able to meet a lot of interesting people with a lot of interesting causes. Well, I can imagine as you get an influx of other potential suitors that might need some support, some other founders, that the matching may get increasingly difficult to do with time. So are you able to automate any of this presently or are there plans to do that? That was one of the main things that we we felt like we would add value in because right now, a lot of the processes in venture capital are manual. You know, just having to look through thousands of pitch decks and business plans, but we're applying machine learning to that. So we're using artificial intelligence to identify just a more sophisticated and streamlined way of you know matching these two parties and also providing the best kind of feedback to the companies. So a lot of it is automated. Now, as you develop the company Connects Up, are you in particular looking towards social causes that you'd like to see succeed? Are you essentially putting your company out there to particular industries that um, are affecting social change or affect sustainability in any way? I've always had a soft spot for those who are working towards tackling climate change. That, that's mm-hmm. always been a big one for me ever since high school. If I ever see a company who's doing that, I know investors who are super, super passionate about that. So I just you know, recommend them to them. That's my niche, I guess. I always look after things like that. But any kind of cause in general is really important to me, as long as it is changing people's lives and bringing something good into the world. I'm just happy to facilitate whatever I can. That's really cool. As it stands then, would you say that you've kind of woven that into the fabric of the company? Like, is there, uh, I don't even know if you're, you have a specific, let's say values that you're championing as you continue to grow or a specific cause that you're working to get behind. Our overall cause is really to, to bring back power to the hands of founders. And that's where it should be. Not in the hands Mm -hmm. of investors, not in the hands of anybody else. If we give the resources to founders, then they have everything that they need to change the world. So that's our overarching cause. Yeah, well, I think that changes the dynamic and the playing field of what has been traditional, at least in the last several years. I mean, I worked for a company, Nordic Naturals, that we work to grow really quickly and we're able to do so growing from, you know, less than a million in revenues a year to over a hundred million over the course of about a decade. 
doing that purely organically because the CEO really didn't like the idea of working with a VC. He didn't want to relinquish control and he didn't want to see the company change in a particular way that would alter the trajectory or course of the company. He wanted to build a company that could last 150 years. That was what he always said, something that he could pass on to his kids and that his children's children might even, you know, work to champion in a couple of generations down the road. I'm curious to see if you would be able to share what the road would look like to you, let's say five years down the road. You've been at this for a while. You may have improved systems. You may have had some measurable impact in the Silicon Valley, but where would you see this in five years? What would success look like to you? Well, so I've always been a bit of an idealist, so my answer might be a bit uh, far-fetched, but (laughs) in five years, to me, we're hoping to raise our own fund. All the VCs that we have in our network right now, we're hoping to kind of transition them into more of a limited partner role. We kind of pool their money together to form our own fund and make all the investments ourselves. I'm hoping that this would be the kind of one-stop shop that any kind of founder would go to for growth services, technical consulting, investments, anything like that. Honestly, a lot of VCs have talked to me about possible acquisitions and exits, but I'm not thinking that way. I want this to stay our company and we want to run it our way. That's, I think, kind of aligns with what you were saying too, just because you don't want outside influence changing like the integrity of what we're building. We're hoping that this does change the venture capital space and bring a lot more positive light to it because that's how it should be. We're trying to help entrepreneurs and hopefully we can do so. Yeah, well, I think um, you're on the path for that. The reality is that funding a company has always seemed somewhat impersonal. And I think that what you're doing is essentially trying to add a level of personal to the process and even a little bit of accountability. Where presently it seems like there's such a disconnect between founders who seek to gain the resources they need. And then, of course, uh, the funders, the VCs, who are often really just looking at it as what can I get out at the end and what is this going to be worth in three years? The question that arises for me as I think about this is how is it going to be different to the founder that is able to be matched through your surface when it comes to that sort of negotiation? Because I would imagine that the VCs on the other side are still looking for the return on their investment over the course of a few years, and they're still looking for a percent in the company or a stake in the company. Could you walk me through what's different there or if there is a difference? We do vet the VCs that we work with and the mentors that we work with just to make sure that they're aligned with what we're building as well. In venture capital, there's also a term called vulture capitalists, right? And we don't work with them. <laughs> they're I'm just sorry, the, what was that term? I didn't know that term. So I'm vulture capitalists. Oh, vulture. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't yeah. quite hear that right. I'm, vulture? What was vulture? <laughs> yeah. And, and we don't want to work with, with those guys who just want to purely multiply their returns. So the investors that we are working with do care about um, the founders, and they're often founders themselves. It's helped so far in which that they can really uh, negotiate really friendly term sheets and not take away too much equity. Or even if they do take away equity, they don't take away too many voting rights. The power is still in the hands of the founders and the founding team. Um, and that's why we, that's when we come in, we make sure that they're getting a good deal. As we move forward, if we have our own fund, we're not going to be uh, being in their face. We'll just uh, offer them yeah. the right guidance and mentorship. 
I think you just uh, revealed the gem of what you do, and that is that you are essentially the gatekeeper or the support or the advice center to say this is a good deal or this is not a good deal. And, you know, hey, you could perhaps negotiate this piece and maybe you get preferred stock as your protected asset as opposed to just getting uh, general shares, something to that effect, right? Right. Yeah, I think so often, especially when a founder is uh, exploring their funding needs for the first time around, they may not even really speak the language. They may not know how to protect themselves or what can be negotiated. And they may even consider that if they were to push on one particular thing, that the opportunity to be funded could simply dissipate. And given the experience that you've had working in this space and having seen multiple fundings go through successfully, you could give them that advice. Exactly. That's absolutely right. And there's even like uh, groups called Founders Helping Founders, right? Because it's all about educating them and letting them know what they can do better and what to avoid. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about Clubhouse for a moment because I got introduced to the platform through you. It's your fault. (laughs) (laughs) I had sworn off Apple. So this was a big ask for me, but I went out and got an iPad because I can use the tablet for other things too. And I'm just beginning to really play in the space. I would call myself a voyeur, but by the time that this podcast launches, I will have had at least a few sessions that I've hosted as well. So let's talk about how you're connecting with potential founders on the Clubhouse app and um, what that looks like to you, how people can reach you. Um, Yeah, so it kind of just started with joining a bunch of these rooms, like, uh, like Founders Helping Founders, and then pitch your startup to VCs and investors. And I was on the other side, so I was pitching my startup and what we're doing to these guys. And then slowly, slowly, I, I started meeting more people, taking some meetings offline. And now I'm kind of on the other side of the table, listening in. And these startup founders are pitching to us. If I see a good fit, and if I see where I could help them out, I say, um, hey, you know, I really like what you're doing. Let's let's talk more offline. And, you know, we set up a meeting as soon as we can. And we go from there. But now I even host my own rooms with the, the Connects Up Club. And we, uh, we, we try to help uh, educate startups and let them know that, you know, they're not in this alone. There are ways that they can effectively reach their goals without, you know, struggling so much and paying enormous fees. So that's what we're, uh, that's what we're using Clubhouse to, to do. Wow. Well, I can see it's a burgeoning platform, and I've personally been following a lot of the discussions around support of the AAPI community um, after the travesty in Atlanta just a few weeks ago, really just trying to get a handle on what conversations people are having, like what matters to them. So as I launched my own little page there, Care More Be Better Without the Final E, I am looking at really just having more in-depth conversations with people about the things that matter to them. So I can seek great guests to share what they're doing into the world and um, really work to amplify the effects of good work that's already being done. So when I think about Connects Up after this conversation, I think I would summarize it as being a service that supports entrepreneurs and their whole path towards getting the funds they need to grow. And I don't know if that's 
what you would call that uh, summary, but I'd love for you to to give some closing thoughts. So, you know, how would you describe this to somebody who'd never heard about it that maybe didn't have a clear understanding of the VC world either? You know, I think your descriptions of us throughout this whole talk have been far too kind. You know, I never think of us like that, but, you know, we're just the people you can, entrepreneurs can rely on to help them. We're on their side. We're here to help in any way that we can and provide value to them. So that essentially that they don't suffer or get bad deals or anything like that. But to, to kind of simplify it, we would say that we are VCs on the founder side. I like that description. And I also, I think I had heard the term vulture capital before, but for some reason it was just so far from my brain and talking to you. I think perhaps because that is the furthest from how I personally see you. I've heard you in these rooms talking to people who are looking for capital. We've had conversations through our MBA courses. You are one of the most thoughtful people I've encountered there. And so I just appreciate the opportunity to bring you on and tell this little story. My hope is that somebody in our audience is trying to find funding for their great idea that is going to put more social good into the world or that supports sustainability in some way, and that they'll reach out to you through the many channels, maybe even on Clubhouse, to have a conversation with your team and get the support they need to further their business, their great idea, to this next step so that they can have more success. So if we're able to do that one thing with this show, we've really done something, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's always a pleasure working with you. And if we're able to impact the life of being one person, that would be awesome. Well, I will see you on Clubhouse. Now, I have a few words in closing, but if there's anything else you would like to say before we wrap up, you have the floor. It was just awesome to, to talk about this and to honestly hear from your perspective also, like what we're doing, because that really inspires me to continue working harder and putting in late hours and building the best possible platform that we can for people. Thank you for that. And I, I just hope that, yeah, thanks. And I just hope that we're able to continue helping people and really make an impact. Yeah. One foot in front of the other. It takes a legion. It's a community. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'd like to invite our audience to act. That action could be as simple as just sharing this podcast with people in your community. Perhaps you know a founder who needs an introduction to somebody like Amit Jamwar and his company Connects Up. To find suggestions like this, visit our action page on caremorebebetter.com. There you'll find causes and companies that we encourage you to support. Join the conversation and be a part of the community we're building. You can follow us on social spaces at Care More Be Better. And on Clubhouse or Twitter, just leave out that final E and better and you'll find us. You can send us a DM on any platform or you can just send us an email at hello at caremorebebetter.com. Thank you, listeners, now and always, for being a part of this pod and this community, because together we can do so much more. Thanks for listening to Care More, Be Better, a podcast for social good. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And share with your friends to help us reach more people and spread more social good.